Blessings to you, Pastor. Thank you for the privilege today. Men, if you would, turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Take your time. And it begins, now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near the plot of the ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan, a woman at that. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews do not associate with the Samaritans. Jesus answered unto her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with. The well is so deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself? as did also his sons and, and his livestock. And Jesus answered and said, everyone who drinks this water from this well, Jacob's well, will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give to them will never, say will never, thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, <laughs> call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right, woman. When you say that you have no husband, the fact is, is that you have had five husbands. And the man you have now is not your husband. What you have just said is true. Sir, this woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied to her, and we come into a close, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father on neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. 
for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. You may be seated. Now, I, I am called to, to deal with the topic of becoming men who worship, becoming men who worship, which suggests that we have men who are not really worshipers. I think it's safe to say that most of our churches, as Pastor has said, most of our churches are made up of women, and the men that are there are so either so dignified or they're so cool and they are not worshiping. They, 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 they come in filled with pride and filled with animosity, filled with different things that, 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 that really take away from the atmosphere, that, that don't really help this place to be a place of worship. But today we want to kind of change that. So to become means to grow into something. Do, do, do you see yourself growing into a worshiper if you're not a worshiper? If you have been in this place and you've just come, you, you're a bench warmer. You're a cheerleader. But you're not a worshiper. You must become a worshiping man. Worship is not about you lifting your hands. Worship is not about a song. Worship is not when the tempo goes down and the music slows. And we get in the mode of worship. That's not worship. Those are expressions of worship. Worship comes from a heart that recognizes, talk to me, recognizes God. A heart that is in recognition of the value of God. See, if you're going to be a worshiper, you have first, you first must value God. God is not your pal. He's not your buddy. He's not your homeboy. He's not the big man upstairs. That, that's not the value I attribute God. I attribute the value of God as in no comparison. I can't compare you to anyone. And because I can't find nobody like you, I must value you. So worship is not when I just come in the house, but worship begins to be a lifestyle. It begins to be the decisions that I make. That's worship. Come on, talk to me. It doesn't start in here. So if you by chance think that worship begins when you enter into these how into this house or the places of worship that you worship, it doesn't start there. God is seeking. You just read the scripture as I did that the Father, the Father is seeking those who would worship Him. 
So where do we begin? Where, where do we begin as men? We begin first at, at John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Come on, talk to me. It begins at salvation. So the reason God brought you out, the reason he redeemed you, whatever, whatever, whatever salvation term you want to use, the reason he did that was to make you a worshiper to get you off of the sideline to get you out of the cheering section and get you in the place come on where you can see him he said the children of Israel he told Moses he says I want you to go down there and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go I have heard their cry their cry has come up to me I want them free and I want you to tell them so that they may worship so they were delivered out of bondage, out of Egypt, in order to become worshipers. So why did he save me? So that I might become a worshiper. Not that I'm walking around everywhere with my hands up. Come on, come on, come on. But when I deal with my wife, when I deal with my girl, it's with respect and honor. It's loving her as Christ loved the church. See, I can't do that if I'm not a worshiper. You can't just figure that out just coming to church. It starts before you enter here. Because if you, if you start doing that, you're going to gonna have to have an on and off switch. And y'all know if you use an on and off switch so much. Come on, talk to me. You know what I'm talking about. You keep hitting that thing over and over again, and that's where some of you are. You're turning it on and you're turning it off because you, you have not started at the place where a worshiper meets God, and that's at the place of salvation. A whole lot of stuff we're expecting out of men to happen can't happen because they first got to be saved. You first must be born again. This is what John 3 is all about. He met Nicodemus at night to reveal something to all of us that a man cannot even perceive who God is unless he be born again. Everyone has that void in them, but they don't know who it is, but they grope for him. Like walking in the dark, like trying to find their way out. And God said, that's me. You, you don't know what you're looking for, but it's me. How many men have, have come out of that dark place and understand that you are a worshiper today? Come on, help these men who have not found out who they are. They're still trying to, you know, trying to tighten up their belt, trying to figure out who they can screw next. Mm -hmm. screw necks because they think that's what makes them a real man and you know just like you said pastor we come into the church with that same kind of mentality and the reason we come into the church with that same kind of mentality is because we're not born again so we must start at the place where the worshiper begins and that's with Jesus it ain't with the church you, you, can, you can join the church all you want you can give the preacher your right hand and he can give you the right hand of fellowship but that don't mean you're saved a saved man comes out of the darkness into the marvelous light where he can show forth praise to the one who called him out 
So it ain't about music. Man, I can go into a church where they, they play in straight country and worship. Because <laughs> it's a lifestyle. It ain't how it sounds. It ain't, it ain't, what, <laughs> it ain't what I like. You see, the more, the, more I, the more I am informed of God, the more value I give to him. The better I see him, the more I see his worth in my life through the scriptures by way of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit reveals the word of God to me and shows me that God is supreme. That he's majestic. That he's great. That he sits high and thrown over the earth that he created and there is no comparison to him. As I get informed about that, it changes my mind, which changes my behavior. You, you can't tell me what I need to start doing and stop doing until you reveal to me who I am. And that's what we do in the church. We try to get men to stop drinking and stop smoking and stop chasing and stop doing this and stop doing that and, and tuck your shirt in and, 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 and pull your pants up and do this and do that. It's like, huh, you don't know what to do. How are you going to tell me what to do when, when I don't know who I am? I'm struggling to find out who in the world am I? I never had a daddy to show me. You know, a man, he gives identity to his children. So if you in here and you ain't taking care of your children in the sense that you have given them their identity, you, you messing up. He brought all the animals to Adam and he says, you name them. And whatever Adam said they were, that's what they were. Because he had the power he had the God kind of knowledge. He had the God kind of faith in him to speak those things that be not as though they were. He spoke those things out and whatever Adam called them is what they were. So, but, but before Adam could give identity to everything he saw, he had to first know who he was. Who he was comes in light of who God is. You cannot be a worshiper until you first know who God is. You cannot be the man that God has called you to be until you know who God is. A church can't force it on you. Your wife can't manipulate it to you. Come on. If you come to church, I'll... Y'all ain't going to talk to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on, I need you to come to church now. You really don't want to be here. But you want some goods. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I'm here. But the church ain't in me. It comes by way of the cross a man has to see himself in light of who God is not comparative to anybody around him because you might be doing better than your brother I mean your blood brother you, yeah you might you know your cash flow may be going real good 
your sin may not be the same as his sin. You know, his might be darker, yours is a little on this side. And so you think because you're not doing what he's doing, you're better, but you're wrong. It's not comparing myself to those who are around me. It's looking at myself in light of why Jesus hung on that cross. What made him have to hang there from the sixth to the ninth hour? Why did he give his life to save somebody like me because I am lost? That's the first thing you must recognize is that you are a lost man. In order to be a man of worship, you have to recognize that you're lost. And we begin right here in John chapter 4, a lesson from a woman who was vile, a woman who was really a hoe. I mean, flat out, you can't call it nothing else. So Jesus, he says, I must needs go through Samaria. So he has an assignment. And whenever he's on assignment, nobody, nothing in this world could stop him from getting where he wanted to be. So he goes to Samaria and he meets a woman at the well on purpose. He begins to talk about this woman or talk to her about worship. Now, what does that have to do with anything? Why didn't he just stay stuck on her sin? But he first had to get her to recognize that she was wrong. He had to point out to her that she was not in the place that she needed to be. That she was outside of the commonwealth of God. She was outside of the blessing. And God in his infinite wisdom and mercy and grace wanted to bring her in. But he had to help her to identify her sin. She says, uh, 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 she starts talking about a location of worship. She said, y'all worship in Jerusalem. Y'all say this place is the place of worship, but we are over here. We worship on Mount Gerizim. We, this is the place that, that we are called to worship. It ain't about a location. Tell your neighbor, say it's not about location. Come on, come on, come on. Y'all think it's about the church, but it ain't about the church. It ain't about location. He reveals to her that it's not about where, but it's about, come on, talk to me. Who? Where you worship should not be your emphasis. Or you want to go to a church that sing your kind of songs. Preach the way you want to be preached to. You big on where. And who doesn't really matter. That's why we got a whole lot of jokers up here. If you can sing, if you can holler, come on. You could have failed out there in the world. I mean, big time. They told you, boy, you just ain't got what it take. You shake your head and you say, but there's a place that won't deny me my rights. It's called church. We'll let anything go in church, won't we? 
He's a crook before he gets in the door. You know it. He knows it. Everybody else knows it. But because he can bring in the people. It's associated with the where. She's big on where. She doesn't know who God is. But she's big on where they worship. Jesus said, you don't even know who you worship. First of all, it's not about location. That's why they keep to themselves teachers having itching ears because it's what they want. That's why the churches grow like <laughs> Y'all don't like this. Where? Because everybody in that place is getting what they want. There is no emphasis of God. Not G-A-W-D but G-O-D. The God who is over everything. The God who cannot be compared to anything. The God who calls us to live by standard to come out of the dark places and into the marvelous light. We don't really want to deal with him. So Jesus said, baby, it ain't about where. It's about who. Do you know who you worship? Do you know your reason for coming to church? Do you know that God took you out of the world to cause you to become a worshiper? To express to the world his grace, his mercy, his power, his love. That he called you out for a reason. And it was not just to, to be a little cute, little whatnot on the shelf, to, to dress up and to look pretty. But to really show forth his glory. See, how I treat other people is an expression of worship. Following the man of God is an expression of worship. Giving to the church is an expression of worship. How I treat my wife is an expression of worship. How I value God will determine how I value you. How I see God will determine how I see you. Talking about you love the Lord. And you can roll over in your bed and not say a word to your wife. No good night. No good morning. How can you do that? How can you do that if you value God? You can't. When you value God, you swallow your pride. Even if you weren't the cause of what's going on, you say, baby, I'm sorry. You give a soft answer. I don't care how loud or how cantankerous she was or is. A soft answer will kill it. 
But because you don't value God, she's going to be a victim in her own house, fooling with you. Your kids are held hostage with your anger and your frustration because you ain't making the money you want to make. You want to get out of marriage because you think that's going to free you. You think that's going to really bless you. So you got your eyes on every woman you see. And you think she's more valuable than the one you got. Baby, you got her. Come on, there's a reason why you went after her. Because you, at one time, you, you valued God. So you know what you got at home. I don't know, I don't understand how you could just leave what you got at home and jump the fence and go somewhere else. You don't know what's over there. You don't know what she packing. But you think it's better than what you got. Because you've lost the value. You've lost the perspective of who God is. So you've lost the value of your wife and your family. The father is seeking worshipers. See, what you do in your house matters here. You can't make, you can't make nothing happen here if your house tore up. We're going to just stay in the, we're going to just tarry here till the Lord do something. God said, look at your house. You ain't gonna stay, you won't, you won't stay on your knees that long at the house praying for the salvation of your children, the deliverance of your wife. But you're gonna get here and you're gonna make it happen. Sing, y'all. Come on, y'all. Lift, lift the name of the Lord up. Give God the praise. You're gonna, you're gonna whoop people into praise and worship. You're gonna whoop them into submission. It don't happen like that. I ain't hollering at y'all. If you ain't got it, I can't give it to you. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. I'm going to go to a church where they got a real good praise and worship leader and a good, good, good preacher. So you don't have to do nothing. So you can sit there and be entertained. And leader talking about, man, what a time we had. You put nothing in and you get nothing out. That's just the way it goes. But it doesn't happen here. If a man know not how to rule his own house, who shall give him charge of the house of God? Who? who? You know who gives charge? God does. Who? Who will give him charge over the house of God? When God knows your house is tore up, he know you in here playing? Do you know you, you do, do you not know that God doesn't even hear your praying? I, I don't care how jacked up your stuff is. He does not hear you praying when you don't have it right with your wife. Like he just he shuts it off. He said, I hear you, but I don't hear you. You hear me? He said, I'm looking for worshipers. 
Is that you? Are you growing into the man that God has called you to be for your family first? Get your stuff right in your own house. Won't take out no trash, won't help fold no clothes, won't help raise the children. And ready for her to lay down and oblige. Come on, come on. Where, where, where are we coming from with this? It's not from the heart of a worshiper. A worshiper said, baby, I'm going to be with you. Hell or high water, I made a commitment to you that I'm going to stay here and I'm going to be here and I'm going to do my part. That's what a worshiper does. A worshiper understands they have responsibility. And this is what he introduced with this woman at the well. My prayer for you this morning is that you would become, that you would grow into. If you're there, keep growing. If you've never started, become that. Find out what God has called you to do and do it with all of your heart. So I, I, don't, I don't really need you to pat me on the back and tell me I can do it. I got a built-in motor, like it's inside it. It's, 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 called, it's called the Holy Spirit. He, he says, look, if you keep coming here, you're going to be thirsty. But if, if, you, if, you, if you had this well that I, I can give you, if you had it, you wouldn't have to worry about coming here. See, all of your life will be satisfied through the well that's in you. It's springing up into everlasting life. So all that I need, I already have. I don't have to go outside of God to try to, to, try to get anything. I got it already here. Become a man of worship. Where am I on my time? <laughs> so he says he says to her and we're going to close it out he said yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit so we must recognize that God is um that God cannot be materialized. Like you, you can't, y'all can't put no picture of Jesus up here and think that this is Jesus that y'all worshiping. God gives a claim to himself. He says, I am that I am. I, I am that I am. I, I am the originator of all things. Nobody made me. Nobody created me. I stand alone. I am the self-existing one. So you can't materialize him. And this is what we have the tendency to do. We, we, we have the tendency to, to form idols. 
to place things that we can see and say this is the object of my worship. He said God is spirit. He is everywhere at the same time. That's why he can be in your church here in Pearland and mine in Chapel Hill, Texas. And my brother over in, in Okinawa, he can be over there. He can be in Africa. Why? Because he's everywhere at the same time. That's one of the things you need to know about God is that he's not limited to time nor space. That if he says, I'm with you, he's really with you. Some folks say they're with you, but they can't be everywhere at the same time. But God says, I am everything that you need. I am everywhere at the same time. So God is spirit. They who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth.